Good morning, City Lights. It's great to have you with us. What an incredible time of worship again uh, in your homes. And uh, we're sitting on a couple of months into, into this coronavirus, into lockdown. Um, I know kind of businesses have gone back and it's still going to be a while before churches and places of worship go back. So this again is our reality for a while. And uh, I still think it's an incredible privilege that we can worship Jesus and honor him together. And um, even in, in amongst in this time, I'm hearing just amazing stories of what God is doing, despite us not being able to meet together. But um, can we start before we before I get into what I want to talk on today? Can we just spend a bit of time praying? So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that uh, you are ever present with us. Thank you, Lord God, that the, that the name for the for Holy Spirit is Parakletos, as you describe him. And uh, Father, thank you that, that the Holy Spirit walks alongside us and is with us in these times. Father, we just pray for your anointing today. We pray for your anointing to rest on people's homes and on their lives and on their families. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we came to the end of Book of Acts last week, and, um, and I really enjoyed it. I encourage you to go read, again, the whole Book of Acts. If you haven't, if, you come, if you've just joined the church, go listen to the series. We picked up a few different parts in the Book of Acts, and it was amazing to just track what is happening in the Book of Acts, but also what is happening in the life of City Lights. Uh, but today I'm, I'm jumping into a psalm, and I always want to kind of speak on what I feel God's saying, even if it's incredibly simple, it's an incredible reminder. So if you're taking notes, Psalm 103, and the simple title is Don't Forget. And um, if I'm honest, this week has been a bit of a week, we've had a few moments where I've been a bit over it. I'm over the coronavirus, I'm over uh, with no real certainty of the future. I was saddened to hear news of a bunch of people losing jobs in, in different sectors of, of, of the country and of the city. And it's, uh, it is a, it's a, the world's changing, the city's changing. It's, we're in a time of, it's, I think it's a time of lamenting. It's a time of mourning. It's a time of grieving. But also we have to keep our eyes on Jesus in this time. And, um, and as I started to go through this and kind of wrestle with my thoughts as you do, I went back to the Word of God. And I, I just felt like the Word of God began to encourage me again. And I, I, simply today, if, if there's a subtitle for this, is how to encourage yourself in God's Word. And uh, we're going to be looking at Psalm 103, breaking apart the, f- the first few verses, looking at the overall theme of it. But the point is we need to have, be able to walk every single day of our lives. We pick up the Bible, pick up God's word and find courage in our hearts. And someone said recently, and I think I've quoted it before, a friend of mine says, we don't need entertainment in this time. We need encouragement. And uh, we have to learn how to encourage ourselves in this. We have to learn to hear the Father's voice where there's so many voices that are speaking in society today. There's wherever you see a story on Facebook or Instagram or on the news, there's a counter story to block that story. Uh, we're living in crazy unprecedented times. There's, there maybe is more things that are going to happen. And if we are not, uh, we don't have our kind of our, our heart set on Jesus. And I think Ryan spoke this week about having a compass set on, 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 on who God is. We're going we're gonna to lose our way and we have to fo- keep, keep bringing our eyes back to Jesus. So hopefully by the end of the sermon, our eyes will be back on Jesus, who is the one who never changes, the Bible says. So let's quickly read a few parts of Psalm 103. It says this. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases 
who redeems your life from the pits and crowns you with compassion, um, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. And if we go down to verse 11, it says, As far as, as, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for him of those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removed our transgressions or our sins from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And I think in this time we have to remember that God's not silent. He's not distant. He's actually, like it says here, he has compassion on those. When we see the word fear, is it's we actually, we're the ones who are seeking God. We're seeking God above every, everything. It's not like we're scared of God. We, we're seeking God. We're giving him the space in our hearts. And he says that he has compassion on his children. And in this time, God's having compassion on those who are just going through tough moments. So let's just look at this psalm simply. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Now the word praise there can be put bless, which is the, the Hebrew word barak. And the word barak simply means to, to, to give someone, to speak about someone who has a special power. It's to, it's to lift up Jesus, it's to praise him. And I think in this time we, we, need, we need to get back to lifting up Jesus. There's a, another kind of meaning of the word. It means to kneel down before him. And I think... I think it was last night or the night before, I was just, I just said to Star, like the babies had fallen asleep. I said, I just want to go and pray. And I just got on my knees and I just eventually lay flat on my face and I just spoke to God. And we need these moments in our life. We need these moments when the world's in absolute chaos and, and things are happening all around us and there's uncertainties in our jobs and, and all of these things is that we, there's, we, we get on our knees before Jesus and we find peace in Him. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. The Lord is the word Yahweh. And I love what it says later in, in Psalm 103. It says, The Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His kingdom rules over all and we have to remember that in this time that God's kingdom rules over all that God is working in and through this he's working in and through the pain he's working in and through this mess to see his kingdom established that the things are being shaken that weren't shaken before and it's good that these things are being shaken because then the gospel can be preached and I believe the other side of this and it's starting to happen is that we're going to see millions and millions of people come to Jesus. And I'm not just saying that as someone who's being hopeful. I can see something of what God is beginning to do. And we've got friends around the world who are running online alpha courses, and we're going to run one in August. And they said they've had the biggest buy-in in this time because people there's an uncertainty of the future. People are looking for something to ground their hearts and to ground their faith in. John 10 verse 29, it says, My father, this is Jesus talking, who has given them to me, his disciples, is greater than all. If it's to say that my father, the father, is greater than all. Our father in heaven is greater than all what we're going through right now. We need to lift our eyes, not just randomly, but to, to God. It says, lift, I lift my eyes to the Lord, to Yahweh, to him. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul. And uh, the word for soul is nefesh. It's the soul, the living being, the life, the whole person. And uh, I grew up with an understanding that I'm a body that has a soul, but we are a soul. 
My body is, is, is a soul. I'm, I am, my whole person is a soul. And what David is saying is that our whole person must worship Jesus with everything inside of us. Jesus even said, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I love how Jesus not only talks about okay, love God with everything inside of you, your soul, everything inside of you, but he says, love your neighbor as yourself. He links the two, that in order to love God with everything inside of us, we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. How much do we need to hear that in the world today? And uh, hate for our neighbor is a result of sin. We can go look at Cain and Abel in the book of Genesis. But if we understand this truth that if it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, that's a revolutionary truth. It should change every single thing about us. And it, it can't start in the world. It has to start with the church. I love what it says in Romans 12, 10. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. And, uh, and it's almost like a bit of a competitive thing. But the, the meaning for outdo, outdo there, if you go look at the Greek, it says it's to lead forward by example. Is that we need to be a community that even in this time while we're separate and apart, we are outdoing one another. We're showing honor one another. We, the Bible even says that, in, uh, in, I think it's in Timothy, it's, it speaks about that we, we consider others better than ourselves. We get to line and it says, forget not his benefits. And I think we can have a short-term memory when it, when it comes to God's faithfulness. We can have a short-term memory when where God has looked after us in the past, but then we, we face a trial or a situation and then we forget God's faithfulness. And we need to keep going back to God's faithfulness. The, the Old Testament Jews would, would celebrate Passover every year. They would celebrate, um, they'd remember what God did thousands of years before. The Jews today still celebrate Passover. We as followers of Jesus, uh, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. We, we celebrate the, the breaking of the bread and the cup. Jesus was instituting a new covenant. We need to keep going back. We need to keep remembering what God has done to us and done, done for us. And, the amazing thing about God's dealings and his benefits as a speaker is that it doesn't change in COVID-19. It doesn't change when the world's in upheaval. It's, it remains the same. And if you look at from verse 3 down to 5, there's like these coupled words is that he forgives and he heals, he redeems and he crowns, he lifts us from the pits. And for me, that just shows for me that God, whatever God starts, he finishes. So let's just look at the first part. It says in verse 3, it says, it said, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits. He forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. And um, I remember in my last year of school, uh, my grandfather really wasn't well. I think, I think he had some form of cancer and he had just come out of kind of remission and, and uh, it wasn't looking good. And my mom was like, Dan, we're going to get you on a plane uh, up to come and visit him because it's just not looking good. And I remember I was very, very, very new in my faith, talking like almost like 20 years ago now. And uh, I remember some preacher saying that you need to stand on the word of God. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to stand on the word of God. So I found a scripture, found this scripture that says God forgives all our sins and he heals all our diseases. And uh, it was before Google. Can you remember a time where you didn't, couldn't like Google a scripture, healing scriptures? You just have to actually read the Bible until you find the healing scriptures. And I found this scripture and I put the Bible on my floor in my dorm room because I was in uh, boarding school at that stage. And I just, I, I stood on the word of God and I just declared healing over my grandfather. And that was in 2001. And I think he passed away about 15, 16 years later. So he lived a lot longer. He, he lived through that disease. I had the opportunity 
A few months before he passed away, I was able to give him a book that explains Christianity and explains that it's a rash, you can rationally think about Christianity. And, what, and a remark he said to my mom just before he passed away, is like, uh, Danny gave me this book, he called me Danny. And he says, I think I'm becoming a Christian. And, uh, and I just thought that's, that's amazing, just in that picture that God heals all our diseases, but he forgives our sins at the same time. And a few weeks ago, Raya really wasn't well. It was at the beginning of COVID-19. She had a massively high temperature. Um, and it was, as new parents, super scary. I don't think I slept much that night. I would always just go feel the baby's heads if they're, if they're okay. And I'd be sticking the thermometer in her ear. And it was like, do you know when the thermometer goes red, there's a problem. So we're just like, okay. If it carries on for another couple of hours, we're gonna have to take her to the hospital. And anyway, so I remember I was praying. I walked around the lounge praying. And Star had a moment of praying, and she just like, out of, maybe out of frustration, out of anger, she got angry at this, at, this, um, at, the, at this disease or something that was inside Riot. Could have been anything, we didn't know what it was. And obviously we're panicking because it, it was the time of the beginning of Corona. And she just prayed and she declared God's healing and she in a sense drove out that, that, uh, that sickness. One hour later, this is in the middle of the night, Raya woke up. And she was as happy as anything. She was jumping around. She was excited. She got radically healed. And I want to say that God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He, he heals today. It's not something of the past. And if you right now are struggling with sickness in your body, pray to God. Declare war on that thing. You can take authority over that thing. There's an ongoing testimony right now happening with someone in our church, which I'd love to share in a few weeks' time. We're, we're seeing God radically, radically heal them. If you think of forgiveness, uh, isn't that the thing we need most in society right now? Isn't that the thing we need most in this time where there's so much hate for one another and there's so much, uh, there's just so many different stories and angles and, and I think the gospel solves all of that. And if you look at the Old Testament words for forgiven, it's, it's to cover, to lift or to take away and it's to send away. And, uh, and I, I want to say that whatever mess you've made of your life, up till now, Jesus can come and fix it. By his grace, by him dying on the cross for your sin, by him standing in your place, taking on all the sin that, and the punishment that you should have, that should have taken, Jesus took on himself. You can find forgiveness in him. I love what it says in Psalm 103. It says, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. That happened through Jesus. Jesus has removed our sins, our transgressions from us by dying on the cross for us. Another set of words is that he redeems and he crowns us. It says, who, who redeems our life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. And if you look at the word redeem, it's, 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 to, re, it's to redeem someone or pull them out of bondage to physical harm, slavery to debt. And I remember... Probably a good 11, 11, 12 years ago, we were, we were part of another church and a friend of mine had, I think about 70,000 dirham debt on his card. And that's crazy. Uh, do not get into debt. We learned that's, that's, that's not the wisest thing to do. But this here is this guy sitting with a, a, a chunk of debt and uh, his boss went and paid off his debt for him. And I thought that's, who, I don't even think his boss was a believer. He just showed compassion towards this guy who clearly 
somehow got himself into that, that financial hole. And it could have been for whatever reason. It could have been a legitimate reason. Maybe someone sick or maybe it was just overspending. Whatever the reason is, someone came and paid off his debt. And, uh, and, and the, the, for me, the picture there is that Jesus redeems our lives. He, he, he lifts us from the pits. And David could talk about this because if you look at David's life, he was, he was a shepherd boy forgotten by his family. When, the, when there was the anointing of the, of the next king of Israel, they went through all the sons. And Samuel looks at, uh, at, his father, at David's father and says, do you have any more sons? Because God hasn't anointed any of these. And he goes, yeah, we have one who's out in the field looking after the sheep. He's kind of the runt of the litter. He's, the, he's in a sense the forgotten one. And God calls David from looking after sheep and he, and he, and he and makes him one of the, the most kind of important kings of Israel of, uh, of, that, of that time. And it's like David could talk with integrity from the place. Another story in David's life is that he was at the heart of his kingship. He was just dominating, doing well. He had fought the battles. And it says, while everyone was out for war, David was at home in the palace. He looks over the balustrade and he sees a naked girl. He ends up having an affair with her, Bathsheba. Uh, she falls pregnant. He, he takes Bathsheba's uh, husband, puts him in the front line, gets him killed. So here you have David who's done quite a few bad things. But yet God in that moment gives him, I think it took about nine months to a year to repent, gave him a moment to repent. The the prophet Nathan comes to him, he repents, he gets on his knees before Jesus and God again restores his life in that moment. God is a God who restores, he redeems and he crowns us with his royal love. Another set of words that satisfies and renews. It says, he satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the soaring eagle that is out of the Amplified. And uh, Spurgeon's commentary on this, it says, We have heavenly feasting on heavenly bread, divine satisfaction from the finished work of Christ. John 6 verse 35 says, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And I think in this corona time, there's been people's, what, what we've placed our faith and our hope in, those who follow Jesus, those who don't follow Jesus, is being shaken. And we, need, we have to realize that those things don't satisfy. And it says that Jesus satisfies. John Mayer wrote something, and I think I may have said this before in a previous sermon, but he, he wrote, something's missing. Mick Jagger says, I can't get no satisfaction. Uh, St. Augustine wrote, he says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Blaise Pascal says, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. God is the one that satisfies our souls. And, uh, and I, where I started is that we have to start with praising, blessing the one who is the only one who can satisfy our hearts. That God-shaped vacuum, as Blaise Pascal wrote. And I want to read um, just quickly out of uh, uh, Revelation 21. Now, I don't think in this church I've ever read out of Revelation. Maybe in some moments. But um, this is a very apt time for this to happen. And if you look at the word, it says here that God satisfies us and he renews us. And uh, obviously there's that renewing, like the, the youth of an, of an eagle, etc. But I want to say that the gospel of the kingdom can be encapsulated in one line, is that there, it's the renewal of all things. 
that there's an end goal. And if we go look at this is towards the end of my Bible. So, uh, uh, Revelation 21, the next one is 22. With the title, Eden being restored. But this is about the new heaven and the new earth. Let's just read this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, uh, prepared as a bride and beautifully dressed for her husband. This is all picture language. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will be their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. That is the promise of the new Jerusalem, the new kingdom, the new earth, is that he's going to wipe every tear from, on the, from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. I am making everything new. And that started with Jesus dying on the cross for us. And the word new there is, is kanos, which means it's taking the old and it's making it new. It's, it's renewing. It's making. And we get to be part of God's plan in the renewal of all things. We get, if we give our lives to Jesus, we, we don't just wait to get to heaven one day. That We actually get to work. We, we get back to like Adam was called to work in the garden, in the garden of Eden. We're called to work on this earth to bring the renewal of all things. That's why everything we do in life is important. Because it all brings glory to God. It's our, it's our soul. It's our nefesh. It's all of life bowing down before Jesus so we can see God break in. And like I said in the beginning, I believe that we are going to see in our generation and hopefully in the generation to come is a, re, a great renewal and a great awakening again. And, it's, and I, I believe that people are desperate in this time. People are, have found that the world systems are falling, falling and failing. And we need to be the followers of Jesus who can give an answer and account to say, this is where you can pin your life to. This is, this is the God who we serve. This is, this is, he is worth everything. People are looking for something real in this time. And then I'm going to end off with just this last scripture. We don't have time to go for the rest of this verse. It says that the Lord executes his right, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. And I looked in my Bible, it had a little link to Psalm 97 too. It says, cloud and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And it's through Jesus we get to see who God is. We get to see how Jesus uh, was the only righteous one to ever walk the earth. He had a massive injustice towards him. And that injustice caused us to find salvation and hope in him. It, it caused us to walk free from sin and into a new future in God. And I've just been thinking of this line of an old hymn. And it says, And heaven's peace and perfect justice kissed a guilty world in love. We get to be the people of God. That once we find hope in him, we can share that hope with others. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you are calling your people to, to as the psalm starts, to bow down before you, to, to keep our eyes focused on you. We started this year that says, this look, it's time to look at Jesus. It's time to look at the author and the perfecter of our faith, the, the perfect one 
You are seated on your throne, Father. You are unmoving, unshaken, Father. You are working in and through your church. You are, you, are, you are causing your kingdom to break in and break out in moments of incredible pain. So, Father, we do just lift up those in our community who have lost jobs, those who are having pay cuts, those who are going through moments of suffering. Let us not only pray for them, but be the, the help and the solution for them, Father. And I, I really do pray, Lord God, that, uh, that your kingdom would come into Dubai that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. It's what we're asking for. It's what we're praying for. It's the only thing we can hold to in these uncertain times. Amen. So if you want to surrender your heart to Jesus this morning, and uh, that is really a lifelong journey. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a one-time decision, but then it's a, it's a lifetime of following him. We've got a little um, button on, on the page. You can click it. I'd, I'd encourage you to go to Next Steps. We're one of our leaders and pastors. We'll, we'll walk through a, a salvation, what it means to follow Jesus. And then also straight after the meeting, we're going to have a Zoom hangout. Uh, that's, again, just a highlight of my week, just to get to see people. And hopefully in the, in the not too distant future, we'll be able to see people physically. We're not there yet, but we're going to be there. Have a great week. We'll see you next Friday.